0: The You Robinson Show. Welcome, my friends, my fans, to a show that seemingly never ends well unless you keep ignoring the patreon.com slash the stomper is that it i think that's it how could i not know there are plenty of things i don't know but there are plenty of things i do know but first Stigmata, playing our bumper music from Calling of the Just, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer. And, you know, somebody who supposedly listens to the show, I said, Huntington Beach, you know, where they hit your car with a hammer. The guy just looked at me. I was like, he doesn't watch the show. Revelation Records, the song is called Intro All of Nothing. Starts the record, The Words. Song by Bob Riley, still available. <laughs> elemental truth at the heart of this show. Listen, listen well. I'm on my way back. No way. I took my tablet. I still but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So be it. Payback and always. Nothing.
1: Yeah. When I signed those guys, I was like, "Man, they sound like if Metallica didn't suck." Uh, people make fun of the uh, production on that, but it's the best production that three hundred dollars is gonna get you, baby. Anyway, let's plug in the mic. Courtesy of Roma reader a viewer, just like you. Um. Hold on, let me make sure it's coming through the snowballs. Little snowballs, remember that dog we had that we used to dye pink? Yeah, little snowballs, yeah, the one that died. Uh, anyway, uh, show's on. So, listen, uh, let, let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. You have tuned in to the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. You got to go to patreon.com. And now I'm sort of panicked, so I'm going to do it myself. Because I'm forgetting stuff. Stuff is dropping by the wayside. But let's uh, go to patreon.com and see what happens when we go to uh, patreon.com uh, slash stomper. Because on facebook.com slash stomperville, uh, it's so, you know, these. oh yeah, there we go. It is the stomper. I was correct. Um, so, those of you, look. I don't know if you can read it. It looks backwards on my screen. But what it says is, got 73 patrons, $188. You have any idea, actually, whether or not $188 is, four, let's just say, four times. Let's say let's say 200 So let's say $200. Let's just say $200 times four, right? Come rain, hell, sleet, snow. I just drove back from Tahoe, took the family snowboarding. That's why I'm unshaven, it doesn't make sense to shave it under all that sun. So 200 uh, divided by, I, you know I should be able to, it's $50 a week. Is this show worth $50 to you? Because if it is, we're right on the money. If it's not, that's okay. Maybe I could afford a stand for the lights. That's what's happening with the lights. The stands are gone, the wife is using them. So now I have got like I got one light, on a heater, and I got one light on a basket. So it's pleasantly underlit, uh, or maybe not so pleasantly. Anyway, so that's the housekeeping, patreon.com. A dollar helps. Some of you, I owe phone calls too. Don't worry, and I owe CDs too, the double CD for the fight book, audio book, double. It'll come, be patient. I got a lot of things on my head. I got, I got a lot of people harassing me about stuff, always continually, usually via Ozzy, because of uh, cash issues. We, writers right we pay them. Roman rate got paid, no complaints. So I, I'm keeping up with stuff. Anyway, patreon.com slash the stomper if you want to donate some money. Um, but it, it, mostly, uh, Steph asked me, because we just finished recording Care Don't Care Preview, which will run tomorrow. Tuesday at 720, we have If I Did It, followed by If The Shoes Fit. But she said, what are you working on? And I said, well, the deal is Ozzy Confidential, O-Z-Y. Dot com slash confidential. The first, the whole first season is up there, 10 parts. They said they want to hold it till I have 10 more for the second season. Two of those, they want to be celebrities. I go, Celebrities? Like who? And they said, Well, like Cardi B, or maybe somebody like it. Okay, it's incredibly difficult. But I like to to get somebody like Cardi B to break through the veil of lunatics and lunacy that are trying to get her. I'm sure this this show is not going to help me get closer to Cardi B. It could. But the show I'm about to do today, maybe not. Okay, so a uh, <laughs> if any of yous listening have a cousin, a sister, a brother, somebody connected to a celebrity, and largely what they said was without really saying it, is that it's a celebrity that somebody between the ages of 20 and 30 would recognize. Like I could get Sybil Shepherd, I could get Robert England. You know, I'm going down a list of people who, are, who I could get. Ho Joe Gain, he's too busy. But still, I don't know that somebody who's 26, unless they're specifically in our neck of the woods, would know who, who Joe go go go. Anyway, if you can help out, I appreciate it. this. Is the kind of stuff I'm dealing with. However, if you haven't listened to all 10 seasons of Ozzy Confidential. It's up at ozy.com slash confidential, and that's the name of that tool. All right, so let, let's go through this. Um, let's go through UFC 236, and I'm going to start with the ESPN fail. People are flipping out because the ESPN didn't work. Tim Kennedy, uh, uh, a bunch of uh, professionals tried to – and look, look, I, I want to put this in context. ESPN screwed this up, probably with ample help but from the UFC, don't know, see. don't know. Order of magnitude. Given how I'm not gonna flip out and jump on this gravy train of punishment. And like, look, I, I tell you on Facebook, my sister did something on National Siblings Day. And she put up a picture of her and my other sister, and then said, "Lest I." Next day, she goes, "Lest I forget." Here's a picture with me, me and my brother. And I said, "Oh, kid." She goes, I'm sorry I left it. I go, okay, don't worry about it. It's largely a bullshit holiday. You know, I love you to bits any day, any day of the year. Well, somehow this put off a friend of hers or somebody that she's friends with on Facebook, who then writes in underneath the comment that I left to my sister in a public forum, writes in, "Uh, All holidays are man made. Mm. And I said, You know, Fundamentally, you're correct. Dogs don't have holidays. They don't recognize holidays. So they're all creative. But you can't tell me that there is a not a qualitative difference between Passover and National Secretary's Day. She writes back in, I'm not Jewish. Why are you even bringing up Passover? Sorry, not sorry. You see? You see? You see what this internet has fucking bred? Do you see that Everything doesn't have to be a fucking snark fest argument. You walked across the room to stand between and betwixt me and my sister to make a comment about National Siblings Day. And I welcome all comments. I welcome, in fact, I'm one of those cats who doesn't like you and is happy to see you. I don't like her and I'm happy to see her because I live for this shit. So so there's a qualitative difference in your mind between, there's no qualitativeness in your mind between Passover and National Secretary's Day or National Siblings Day. I'm not Jewish, I don't even know if you're in time. Okay, let me explain to you in, 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 in a way that you might understand. In other words, you are desiring to have some internet bullshit argue with me because you're trying to get my attention somehow, walking across the room, dropping your two cents. I'm willing to concede that dogs don't have holidays, but you're persisting. And I left about four or five. You know, this automatic snark, it just It doesn't. I don't care whether you live or you die. You're just a face online to me. There's no reality to you at all. There's reality to my sister, and there's reality to me. And this becomes a de facto go-to, go-to uh, 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 response, complete with, with some bullshit internet meme thing. Sorry, not sorry, hello. <laughs> You realize if I yanked you out of time and sent you back 20 years, nobody would know what the fuck you're talking about. So you're going to take a stand on National Siblings Day. You're going to take a stand with a Hallmark card. Do you work at Hallmark cards? Now, I'm not angry. I'm presenting this with emotional content. There's a difference between anger and emotional content. So I just kept going and kept going and kept going. How would you rank National Siblings Day? What did you do for your siblings? Do you not have siblings? Did you buy them cards? Where did you get those cards? Were they expensive cards? Did you mail the cards or did you send them online? What did you do before there was National Siblings Day? How long has there been National Siblings Day? Do you know anybody who has observed National Siblings Day? Do you understand the nature of seasons? Do you understand why uh, 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 the holidays are collectively agreed upon uh, uh uh um celebrations or notices of large cultural movements what if you don't have a sibling how you, i guess you don't celebrate i guess i guess who made national secretary who it, couldn't get couldn't get martin, martin luther king day okayed in arizona but the rest of the country yes. Yeah, but national secretary you're gonna die on the cross national siblings day So I'm not doing that with the ESPN fail. That was, if you were wondering where I was going with that, that's ESPN. I'm not, this is not automatic, but there is a qualitative difference between ESPN, what they what they pulled off so far and what happened Saturday, yesterday, and what Reebok did with their sponsorship deal, right? The length and breadth of the Reebok deal, what it took out of fighters' pockets, What it did to what we do, specifically, I can go down the list. Ryan Bader, uh, Roy Nelson, uh, um, uh, Phil Davis, uh, all of the the former UFC fighters who, after they got shafted by the uh, Reebok deal, said, if what you're saying is my money goes from this to this because you got a bunch of money from Reebok, that unlike Alan Juban, who was hoping, and that was great, John Nash put, when, is this pe- when are people going to stop hoping that people with lots of sausages on their plates give you a sausage, which then Eddie Alvarez picked up and said, rat- around. Eddie Alvarez, another one. If it's not about the money and I can't get any more money, then maybe I should get myself to a place where I can get more money. If you'd like to believe, that what the bald one is doing is is, uh, doling out equitable amounts of money based on how much a needle is moved, you'd be absolutely wrong. You'd be absolutely wrong. That's not what's happening. So what Reebok took away, how Reebok performed, let's ask Gibbler, Melendez, how he thinks they performed. Let's talk to the designer and see how long they've been designing anything before they designed those outfits. This is not that order of a magnitude. Many people could not get the fight. If you want to, we'll discuss it on on if I did it. But in my mind, the fix is real easy. Make that fight now available free. or, or Don't chase down people who are posting it to YouTube. Yes, this screws people who paid for it, but they would have paid for it anyway. They succeeded. Those of us who tried to pay for it and could not, had to get the low budget. I got one filmed by some guy uh, on it, obviously filmed it with his phone. So half the shit was out of the frame that I could see. It was a fuck up. But they, they have promised. Yeah, you put promise in one hand and shit in the other, right? And see which fills up first. Yeah, they have promised that the next one will be kink free. A- and I, I have no reason not to believe them. I've enjoyed, you know, and I could watch the early prelims. On uh, ESPN Plus, but this and this was not a huge, huge enough fight. I had five cares on this card out of thirteen fights, and post facto, very little has changed my mind about those about increasing those. The main card I had to see piecemeal on YouTube, and that is what it is. So the ESPN fail um, uh, in my mind is, is not is not. Uh, I, you want to lambast them, uh, um, hold on. Uh you want to lambast them? You can. I guess they deserve it. It'll scare them. But the reality, uh but the reality of it is it's it's not on a scale, it's not on a Reebok scale. Like a Richter scale, it's not on a Reebok scale. In any case, UFC 236, this is a strange fight for me. Strange fight for me. I'm going to start at the top of the card and go down through it. I'm not going to go five cares in a 13-card fight. I'm not going to drag you through the 13. You want somebody, you get get some other cat to do that for you. You know, There's plenty of people out there who are going to go fight-by-fight fight analysis. I don't have the, the, the patience for it. I'm, I'm dirty from snowboarding and fixing the car. Alternator is fine for those who care. I have to get a plug-in battery charger because I just can't leave the Chevy undriven for eight days with a big uh, battery cell that I got hidden in the trunk, locked, hidden. Six different anti-theft pieces by that car. Anyway, I I digress. So um, it was interesting. Having it removed, like the early prelims that I could see on ESPN Plus, I had DC, I had Anik, I had uh, Hojogaine, and it gave it a very familiar context, All right. It was like you go to a movie, you get the popcorn, you sit in your seat. Everything that happens after that, it, unless you get shot, is, should be familiar to you, even if the movie is different, right? Movie is different. Setting, set and setting, like Timothy Leary talked about, or your acid trips, perfect. That's not how I saw the fights. I had to wait till the next morning, because I passed out. I was so tired last night from snowboarding. And so I had to watch him catch his catch can wherever I could online. So I watched Poirier and, uh, uh, um, and Holloway first. And I have to say, Uh, I'm not going to tell you the exact – I'm not going to go backwards through all. Let's go – just take that fight and go from the beginning. So I'm watching this fight, and I'm going, you know, Poirier is a weird guy. He's kind of in the Chuck Liddell spot for me, right? It's like Chuck Liddell had to fight six fights before – six fights I thought he was going to lose. That's not Gicta. That's six fights that I thought Chuck Liddell was going to lose, and Chuck won before I finally gave up the ghost to go – God damn it, he must be good. I'm not saying that about Dustin Poirier. I'm watching the fight, and I'm going, you know, Dustin Poirier is like is like a cross between one of my favorite fighters, Chris Lieben. Boy, can that guy take a punch. He's like a cross between Chris Lieben and one of my least favorite fighters, Colby Crappington. Strangely enough, without being either Chris Lieben or Colby Crappington. And then I start to feel like, you know, there's really no there there with with Dustin Poirier. Wait, wait. There's really no there there with Dustin Poirier. You know, um, and and he's. It was a game fight. It was a great fight. Like I uh, just under care, don't care. You know, uh, I, I ranked I ranked it higher than the Israel Andassaya and uh, Kelvin Gastelum fight. And I ranked it so low that Steph was uh, shocked. And John accused me of being on cocaine. And I said, well, let's put it this way. If we watch that fight card without Dustin Poirier and Holloway, I leave it dissatisfied. If you watch that fight card without Ansaya and Gasolom, I leave pretty happy. So what does that tell you? Steph, on a scale of 0 to 10, was giving the Israel-Kelvin fight a 9. I finally, through outrage and sound logic, talked her down to an 8. And because I wanted to put something on the table as well, I went from a 4 to a 6. I'm talking about Israel and uh, and Kelvin. We'll get to that in a bit. So I'm watching. He's, He's like both of those guys without being either of those guys. And this was a game fight. You know, keep in mind, Holloway was trying to be a champ champ. OK, he tried to go up in weight, which is what Dustin Poirier had done. The first time he beat him, it was in the weight where he is now a champ, if I got this correct. Uh, Dustin Poirier went to a higher weight. He said, screw it. I want to I fix my record. I'm going to change you. I may, mean, maybe that wasn't part of thinking, but that's a good narrative. So you know um, the the commentary is like, oh look how big Dustin Poirier is, and all I'm thinking of is like, this is a really close fight, and these guys are really game, but I feel nothing for Dustin, right? And I realize at this point that what we're talking about is that that ineluctable that that mysterious Q rating shit, that it quality. And he, when he gets up at the end and starts talking, he he puts a point. In other words, what I'm saying right now is, I'll give you, those of you without a lot of patience, that I don't think this loss diminishes Holloway. He was trying to be a champ, champ, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Still got the featherweight. You're in trouble if Poirier wants to lose some weight and challenge for that belt. Then you got something to think about. But right now, like uh, the bald one says, he wants to see you. And the bald one, make no fucking mistake. Make no fucking mistake. Like that, what is that thing that Reinhard Heydrich said to Nazis? He goes, uh, 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 nobody gets out of our kettle. Nobody escapes our kettle. Yes, correct. I don't think he has any chance. We'll get to that in a bit. Nothing escapes. The netting, the sieve that is the oof Without it ha- you have to know that if it's happening, it's happening purposefully. They did not let Holloway talk post fight. He said, No, oh, he's not here. We had to rush him to the hospital. Well, because he's already had issues. He's already had issues. It's like you're not gonna run that guy out there and have him be humble, humble, hammer, none of that. Not gonna have him do that. Get him to the hospital, make sure he's all right. Not scrambled. Keep him from in front of a mic. He's got a 24-hour clearance. He can talk whatever he wants after that. He can tweet. He can tweet something. Get him out of there. No, don't want cameras on him. Nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, nope. Fine. So when something happens like the bus attack, and you start to think there's collusion, it's a reasonable, reasonable thing to think. And that the UFC is playing it as it lays. I'm not here to talk about that. So I'm here to talk about Dustin Poirier, His speech. And he says, he puts a fine point on it. He goes, you know, I've, I've been fighting a long time. You know, I had lots of setbacks. I had to start for up the ladder. And I was like thinking, Jesus Christ, he has fought. He's fought a lot of fights He's fought a long time. And yet, after five rounds of what some people are calling a fantastic fight, in which I am admitting was higher on the scale for me than the, than the co-mains, in terms of what I think it did for the sport and what it advanced, I still feel nothing for this guy. It's that it thing. I've seen people, I've seen people victimized by it. You know? Like, guys, I don't understand it. You know, I'm a handsome guy, got a good job. You know, I work out all the time. And then the next part of the conversation is, Why can't I get a hot chick? Okay, got you. About why you can't get a hot chick. Got you. Okay. But you know what it is? We, We are genetically tuned into this cast thing. And I'm watching Dustin Poirier talk, and I'm like, this guy's been around forever. He has really done those things he's saying. He has fought his way fucking back up, and he just fought a fuck of a fight. It's not like Liddell. I was immune to to, to Liddell's, uh, uh, I was immune uh, to Liddell's, uh, the pleasures of Liddell. And when I finally started paying attention, there was a lot of shit there to enjoy. The shoelessness, the falling asleep on TV shows in Dallas, Texas, you know, the haircut, the Iceman, the mean-spiritedness, like when he held Tito up and beat the fuck out of him. And then I interviewed him. Face to face, friend became a friend of friend of knuckle up. I rolled with him. And he's friends with friends. We got good friends in common. There's a lot of stuff to recommend this cat. But Dustin standing before me, keep in mind, uh, the way I had to watch it, I'm not getting all the build up. This is just online. So it's just that thing itself. That, you know, five rounds, five minutes, 25 minutes. That's all I got. And then he says. Gets choked up. And then he says, my wife, the many times where I was wanting to quit, like all those guys who out there, I got a good job. I, I know guys. A friend of mine is like, the only relationship I can have now with a woman 54 years old is with a prostitute. I haven't had a girlfriend in eight years. Handsome guy, full head of hair, good job, drives a Porsche. Can't Can't do it. Why? He doesn't have it. Some guy was telling me about his brother. His brother has gone through these different things, had a couple of failed businesses. And his brother, he goes, he, started, he became a minister. I go, how's that working out for well, Really well. He's one of those guys that if he comes into a place, then you go, fuck, who is that guy? Got it. And it's funny to see people who have it when they get old. Like, I remember seeing Billy Eckstein, who was
0: huge, huge, huge,
1: huge as you could be, like in the 30s and the 40s. And I saw him as an old man on Sanford and Son when he was in, uh, however, this was in the 70s. And when he walked in the frame, you were like, fucking A. Old dude had it, man. Now, there are people who try to have it. I went to school with Neil Sedaka's daughter, right, Dara Sedaka. And Neil Sedaka was a big songwriter, and it had a couple of musical hits. Diane being one of them. And he would come to school to parent teachers' meetings, and he would have a white scarf, shades on in the school, a maxi coat slung over his shoulder, you know, over both shoulders, not buttoned in the front. It's like, yo, bro, to elementary school, man. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Didn't have it. Wrote great songs. Songwriter, great. Sang some of those songs, had hits. As a face of those songs, sitting at the piano, don't have it. So Dustin Poirier is up there without the it, talking about what he's done. And he's not talking to us. He turns to his wife and go, this is the woman. This is her belt. Because then many times I was willing to quit and go, fuck it. Like my 54-year-old friend, I'm just going to process. I can't do whatever. It's not happening. Without her saying, stay in there, stay in there, I would not have this belt around my waist I would not and God love you I got fucking choked up you know because the conversation he was having he was like opening this window into his fucking what he's been thinking like why not me why not this was a Kane moment now, I'm not talking about Cain Velasquez. I'm talking about Cain and Abel. This was a Cain moment, if ever there was a moment. God, I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Like my off, you shit on my offering. Why? You know, I, I've read different takes on why God turned his back on Cain's offerings. I ah, that no, 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 don't make any sense to me. And he's having this moment. This naked moment of the soul after his 25-minute fight that was super fucking close, but that I feel comfortable with his win. And so did Holloway. Holloway's clapping and raised his hand. Yeah, you did it. Holloway's still a champ, so it wasn't like he was losing much. Let this other dude have a bell. Don't need to be greedy, which is a lesson Holloway might take away from it. So he, he, get, he calls his wife, and his wife I've loved, I've seen lots of wives in the cage. And I've looked at that, sometimes, you know, I think that I'm, you yourself don't know what you yourself just said. I look at them and I go, yeah, you know, nah, bro, it's a drag. When you're fighting and people know that you are somewhere else fighting, you're going to find sausages where they don't belong and they're not on plates, my friend. But I got a really good feeling his seeing his, his wife. She wouldn't let him quit, not because she enjoys him fighting, but she knew it would be a fucking hole in his life. That 54-year-old friend of mine who won't deal with women, only goes to prostitutes, he understands that as a failing. Nothing wrong with going to sex work. It's the dinners. It's the drives to sit at the movies with somebody you can talk to. It's not happening for him. He's out. It's like if Cain had said to God, you don't say fuck you to me. I say fuck you to you. And then he kills his brother. It's fundamentally different than the the real story, which is just out of frustration. It's like, fuck it, boom, smashes his brain in. His brain's in. But I could have already been set up for this, because somehow I'm watching what I I figure. You know, there's something weird about about Israel, and Israel Adonassiah, and he is They use these words. If you listen to the commentary when they talk about him, they use words like sniper, precision, surgeon. And you got to know that in the head of anybody who's fought in the fight game, anybody whose first entree to the fight world is um, street fighting, you look at a guy like Israel and go, I'll fuck that guy up. I'll fuck him up. I used to think that. I had him on the show, Jose El Matador Palacios. He used to be my kid's coach. He had a career. He's fought at Bellator a couple of times, both the stand-up uh, uh, kickboxing and MMA. And he says, EG, you want to go train? Yeah, get in the cage. Put the headgear. I said, I don't need headgear, bro. Go headgear. Put on some gloves. Fucking, we'll, we'll go bang, bang, bro. And we get in the cage, and I'm trying to kill him. Can't catch him. Head movement, fainting, surgical, <laughs> surgical, sharp. These are words that are coming up again. Sniping me. Really good. I couldn't beat him. By the time I fucking slowed down, ready for the kill, I hadn't really caused any significant damage. He just rope a me. So not always accurate. But the street fighter in me was like, I get my fucking hands on you, Bro. And I mean, you know, we're friends, so I was not going to run at him full speed, you know. And he's not trying to knock me out. But uh, I was hoping that Kelvin would do what Kelvin, you know, bully, brawl it, get up and, you know, create a situation where you can't plan your shots, where now you are on a hundred percent instinct. Don't be all that respectful of Israel. You got to put that guy through the meat grinder. Well, it's like people said about Whoopi Goldberg. What uh, the whole country is afraid to, to, to hurt her feelings. She's not funny. What the whole the whole fight community is going to let this kid uh, because he's because people say he's he's the goat of tomorrow. No fucking try to shit on that cake right quick. So they keep these words keep coming up: sniper, sniper, surgeon, picking his shots. And so Kelvin is doing what, uh, and I'm looking and I'm going, this is fundamentally a, a really, a really not satisfying way to fight. It's like um, glass with water in it gets a crack, leaks through the glass. Go, that glass is broken. It's if I as if, as as if I was a glass tester, and I'm testing the glass water in the glass leaking. Nope. Next one. Water in the glass leaking. Nope. So there's something workmanlike. That word came up, too. These are words that seem to imply passionless, passionlessness, right? Say all you want about the guy he's compared to, and it was about to come up in about three minutes in in my exegesis here. But Johnny Boni Joni fights with emotional content. And if it's somebody he doesn't like, maybe that borders into anger. He's picking his shots. He's careful, but there is force. Uh, Meister Eckhart talked about volitio and ebolietio, the flowing out of essence. This passion-free delivery. I'm not. I'm, I'm not feeling it. And John and Johnny Boni in, in, a, in a tweet that was subsequently deleted, tweeted and deleted, tweeted and deleted, was about you beat a chubby wrestler. Be a chubby wrestler that's like five inches shorter than you, and has got like an eight-inch, you had an eight-inch reach advantage, and it took you five rounds, and you still could have put the guy out. Of course, he's deleted it. It's like, boy, you you need some, get some hair on your balls and then come back because this is not. You were in some weird fantasy land. If you could believe, hey, hey, why don't you fight Chris Weidman? That's what I was saying. So they're fight, you know, and he's at a certain point, I think I, maybe to be gracious, eh, maybe Gessler won the third, certainly the first, the third. So they said, yeah, going into it, it was t- going into the last round. It was it was 2-2. And then he dropped him a whole bunch. And had that fight gone another 10 seconds, it, it would have been a, a fight stoppage. Eked. If you go into the, you go to the fifth frame and it's neck and neck, two and two, I'm calling that eked. Even though he was masterful enough that you wonder, oh, did he just decide to turn on here? So you're playing. You're playing. Because Kelvin didn't look like he was playing. And the precursor that set me up for Dustin and fucking uh, 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 Holloway was this fight. That last half of that last round, keep in mind, my pick, I won, care, don't care. All the picks, I, I came out on top. The this picker, yeah, that was me. So I picked Israel to win, but I'm a, as you know, a big Kelvin booster from way back. And the last half of that fifth round, something strange started to happen to me. <clears throat> And I started to get really choked up. Sometimes, like Twin Peaks, this shit is not analytical. Sometimes it's not just a product of a head. Because what I saw when I saw Kelvin in there is a guy who um, who deserved a better hand than he got, but's going to play the hand that he got. Is different from feeling sorry for him. It's like if you could step out of it for a second and say, you know what, man, Jesus Christ, if I'd gotten on that first bus, I would have met the love of my life. <laughs> As it worked out, I didn't get on that bus. I got on the second bus. They were both there at the same time, but I just walked into them. I mean, we like, we, you know, it's like the sense world. The demiurge would take this, the, the, the eternal, the realm of eternal ideas, the platonic triad of truth, beauty, and goodness, and fashion and just distill that into the sense world that we live in. So that if I saw a great, if I read a great poem, this would be an echo of the realm of eternal ideas of truth, beauty, and goodness. In the same way we go to our professional sports, people talk about the Tiger Woods thing. I don't like Tiger Woods as a, I don't like Tiger Woods as the person he seems to be, but I love the Tiger Woods story. In the same way that I'm going, I mean, I don't imagine my getting choked up had anything to do with Kelvin specifically, but it had to do with the macro themes of Kelvin, being that guy who took the second bus. And getting the slop beaten out of him, while while the show pony, while the show pony, while the guy with it, you know, the guy with it, just skates away with the gold. Now, that being said, the fight ends, and uh, Israel get gets up to speak, and I realize that these things are not causally connected, because it's a feeling of emotion I have as I see Israel in there with his mother. And I don't give a shit about this father. You know I got the problems with the fathers. But his mother, and I, and, I, and I have, again, it was like, I mean, this is the Horatio Alger. We go through these sports for the macro themes. Despite the bald one, despite the Uzi, despite Emmanuel, despite all of the business, stinking business shit around it, this is what we go for. This is a, a Horatio Alger story of fucking you know, luck, plug, hard work, talent, perseverance, and his family is there, and he looks so fucking happy. And I'm like, this is all right. This is like a Cain and Abel story where Abel doesn't die. I mean, Kelvin has become a, a executive level gatekeeper. Gustafson, you know, could look at him and go, well, that's not that bad of a life. Can you continue when you don't have... I mean, he's been a cat's paw for the Baldwin for a while without the same love that Donald Cerrone gets. Clearly without the same love Donald Cerrone gets. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not as bad as I feel like it feels. As it feels like I feel it is. Maybe it's not that bad. I don't know. I don't know. But um, but it was it was a hell of a fight. It was a six on a scale of 10. Steph was saying it was a fight of the year. I don't believe that. I, I said what happened to Darren Till, and then then that was the other cat, Wonderboy. Those were interesting, interesting struggles for me. And they're like, look, a knockout doesn't make a fight of nine. I said, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, look, I always get the sense with Johnny Boni Joni that he's not pushing more than sixty percent of what he could really do in the cage. Like, imagine Johnny Boni Joni in Berserker mode. Okay, we've not, we've got, we've not, we've not got, we've not gotten that. You know, we've not gotten that. We've not gotten him fifty percent with with uh, Israel. I'm not sure. But I don't get the sense that he's at 50% or 40% that he's holding back just because he doesn't need to go berserker, because he doesn't want to let people peek into his wheelhouse. I think it's just the kind of guy he is. I don't think he's gotten anywhere close to where he is now by being incautious, by uh, by being anything other than Apollonian, ordered, focused, directed, and that's fine. I want my surgeon that way. I don't always want my fighters that way. So, the fight that I care that Israel fights next is a fight where it's somebody who can force him into having a passion, uh, an impassioned, you know, somebody who's going to put it on him. I mean, we all, all of us who fight, start to fight because we want to control chaos to a certain extent. Saying, I want to see him get closer to chaos. Now let's go pick up some of the other fights on the card. Um, it's not it. It's not a. This is not a critical critique. It is as close as I can come to a fairly subjective but laissez-faire critique. I enjoyed both of these these fights. Let's uh, pick it up here because uh, I do want to talk about Matt um, not matches to make. Um, now, now, in in so far as in so far as, uh, uh, D- uh, Dustin Poirier's future and the, t- the tweet that he got from Khabib about seeing September, this is a fine fight. I don't think he's going to win it, but like I said, you know, the Chuck Chuck Liddell methodology. I've slept on this guy for so many fights, and I'll probably continue to sleep on him, not because he doesn't have the it, but um, he just seems like he's internalized the fact that he hasn't had it. Maybe a few months with this belt will change things. He can dig in deep. I think Khabib is eminently beatable. And I think that would be, you know, that would be a Cinderella story to end all Cinderella stories. And losing the belt, Khabib could then redress his issue with another guy who lost the belt, uh, McNuggets. I think McNuggets is not in prison at all at that point and uh and that would be that would be decent but i'm gonna have to agree with some of you who sending me comments on twitter i don't know that he wants his name the least but i'm gonna have to agree that that i'm at this at this vantage point of these many months out i don't see dustin getting beyond uh khabib but whatever it'll be a good fight and i'll be there so uh uh khalil roundtree i picked against eric anders eric anders has not even risen to the occasion for me of being a gift to be a gift, a guy I can't trust, it means I would have to have trusted you to begin with. And I don't have that feeling about Eric Anders. Um, and it was nice to see Roundtree. I'm only talking about you know, I'm trying to make some connection between Khalil and Richard. But he is Richard Roundtree, and the actor is Richard Roundtree. Very different. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the fight short because again. I had five cares on this fight. I'm not going to go to the bottom ones, and I want to get to the new galactic model. Sorry. Uh, Alan Juban, I picked against. I picked Dwight Grant. He's local. Ah, Jesus Christ, he's a local, a.k.a. guy, and uh, I picked him. at at uh, Admittedly, at Steph's urging, this was going to be a don't-care fight for me, but any fight that stood to see uh, 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 Juban uh, get his ass beat. And now he's he's whining and crying about to split the split. I'll just stop it. Where were, you, where, where were you going anyway? It's like hearing Vince Neal talk about the cat from Ohio, Hanover Rocks who died. Okay, this was in the doc, this quasi-documentary, The Dirt, in the book. But I remember when they originally asked him about it, and, uh, when the first, and he goes, hey, man, his band wasn't doing that well anyway. <laughs> yeah, That's what Vince Neal said. Um, so uh, I was glad to see Dwight Grant beat uh, Juban. Look, Juban still has a, his Armani contract. What do we care? What does he care? Kryloff. this was a win-win for me. I picked OSP to win, but I don't mind taking the lose because it means now that OSP has become the perfect gift for me. And I can stop thinking about him. A gicta? Not a gicta. I would have to trust him more than one time. Or two times. At this point, I haven't been able to get that far. I've been really down on OSP. Even if he's an Omega Sci-Fi. good friend of mine, long-time roommate, was Omega Sci-Fi. They gave me a Whatever they tried to rush me, I say go fuck off because I don't join fraternities. But whatever, I'm okay if you do. I'm just not having guys abuse me for their fucking fun and amusement so I can hang out with them. Fuck you. I got three uh, pledges, right? Three is that what it's called? I got three Zeta, Zate, Zates, who were kicked up, kicked off the campus for acts of violence against persons. That was one I almost joined. That one, the felonies got it's piled too high and they was, they got kicked off. But not felonies against women. Actually, these were felonies against men, which I I could be down with. Stolen cars and you know, driven into the pond in the back, and yeah, I really. Had to. The other one was Alpha Delts, also known as Alpha Drugs, and uh, I didn't. And then the other one was Omega sci the Black Fraternity. O.S.P. is part of that fraternity, which is what that symbol he's making when he does that shit. Uh, but Krylov, who I've loved for a long time, I didn't think he would win it. I'm super glad that he did, and submitted him no less. <laughs> submitted him. OSP got submitted. Yeah, when the first round, oh, no, sorry, round two. Anyway, I'm not going to go to Yeah, Yellen Turner. I'm not going to go. I want to get this galactic thing. Okay. Is there anybody? Wilson, Wilson Heiss, I didn't really care about. I didn't really care about any of these others. I think I picked one more on the undercards. Yeah, Bob, people talking about Boston Salmon. He's got the great name. And that first cat, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, my stuff. I ate some bad eggs. Uh, Brandon Davis and Randy Costa. That was a uh, kind of an amusing fight, but okay. Uh, enough. I got ten minutes now, and I'm going to go into this, this new galactic model. Sorry, my neck is killing me. I got I got eggs and things. So <laughs> I can't I can't I can't really I can't really go into this without having to warn you somewhat. Um. One that this is highly speculative. And, and the temptation, based on how often we've heard other people talk about it, your, your initial temptation is going to be to laugh. And at followed followed by followed by, um, followed by uh, Eugene's crazy, maybe he needs to get more sleep that uh, maybe he should be drug tested but um i've seen things <laughs> so there's a a, a a documentary on netflix called unacknowledged you should watch it and it's about um the galaxy and it interview, you know, here comes extraterrestrials. And it's filled with interviews I mean, 10, 15 military people talking about it, about their experience with extraterrestrials. They're very supported. multiple people made supported claims. And so, Eugene, what are the claims supported by? Well, they're supported by more shit than you did anything in the Bible, you know. Um, historical records. Oh, we found this parchment. They're great. Okay, so uh, these guys have nothing to gain. They don't. They're not. Ha- they don't have books uh, out. They're not on speaking tours. They're not trying to sell you DVDs. They have movies come out, and they said, "Look, in our galaxy, there are." anywhere from two to six other alien civilizations that have uh, at odd times attempted to establish contact or have made themselves known known to people on Earth. But, you know, we've been paying attention for a long time. How come we've not seen evidence of them? How come only in the, the 30s and the 40s do we start to see evidence of them? And they said, well, we've noted that a lot of these sightings, when we track them, they have appeared in places where we are working on nuclear things. Uh, which is why you've seen this uptick since the 30s. Right? When well, we started the Manhattan Project and the, the nuclear tests and uh, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and the continuing test. And so they don't make this claim, but I, I make this claim. I've been thinking about it for a while. And I started to think that, and you remember on one of the old shows where they have, um, from culture to culture, we have words about visitors from the skies, right? And now we assumed if we saw people in the air that they must have wings. so. You know, early depictions of of demons have wings, feathers for angels, and you also have horns being a common. Now, if you live on Earth, I don't think you've ever come close to seeing anything that has horns do anything come close to flying, right? Don't fly. I said this on an old show. I believe a breathing apparatus with a tube that goes back might look to somebody drawing like horns. So this 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 show makes a claim that the extraterrestrials give a shit somewhat about us and have come and given us, uh, figuring that we are setting off these bombs not as acts of war necessarily, but you know nuclear power plants as well to generate. They've given us technology. They've given us technology to use, but you can imagine. Uh, you could imagine if, uh, who have they given it to? It's hard to put that shit in the public space. It's like you can't drop down the Times Square and go, here's a piece of plexiglass that's about six inches by four inches. It, it, it can provide all of your massive energy needs on its own. No pollution. So far, I haven't finished a documentary yet. So far, they're saying that technologist, and the president doesn't know this stuff. It's not like, he's, oh, yeah, well, if Trump knew, he would say something because he's such a blabbermouth. It's not that. It's not that's not the way it works. He said that the military industrial complex looks everything like they're permanent employees, and they view the president and administrations as temp workers. They're not telling them shit. There are people who, you read that book about Alan Dulles. There are people who have had jobs in in D.C. longer than any president would allow to be having a job. J. Edgar Hoover being another one. These are not lifetime appointments, but they're jobs. You could do it as long as you keep showing up for work. You know how much money oil companies make? Or military companies. If you're not fighting over power, you South Sudan is got fucking oil issues, killing their own people because of you know if you don't if we're not fighting over how to power our cities, if if you have ample uh, a- ample energy power, it would fundamentally change everything on Earth. Everything. Travel, cheap, free, easy. So what they, where I am in the documentary, they've made the claim that um, you've been gifted this technology instead of doing doing the right thing and using it for the betterment of humanity. Good guys have been killed. Bad guys are in ascendancy, Kept it for themselves. Developing something. And keep in mind, what they want is to control it's the effort is to control. If um, control, so, control so they can control our consumption so that we continue to purchase, enlarge their riches. Money is an abstraction. If you remove the basis of the abstraction, like uh, Garden of Eden, where we lived in a field of plenty, How how are you Bet How? I mean, I can get somebody murdered for a certain amount of money. I can go up to a stranger and get them to have sex with me for a certain amount of money. I can prevent my kids from having a moment of, of doubt or pain with a certain amount of money. If money if ceases being a significant factor, how is that going to change things, for good or for ill? I don't know. But it dawns on me, and this is the part that I was trying to get to. Not the stuff that's in the documentary. This is the part that I was trying to get to. I tried to spell out today to somebody uh, uh, at Jiu-Jitsu who is a religious person. It dawns on me that Earth is, we are, let's see how to put this. We are the ghetto. We are a galactic ghetto. just like ghettos anywhere. see, so you, you, you're being overly cynical. They're good moments. They're good moments, of small moments. You just talked about some with Dustin Poirier giving his wife a nod. Decent moments with decent, lovely, you know, that whole it's a wonderful life thing. And I'm going to go, bullshit. Planet Earth is a toilet bowl, and we are in the fucking ghetto. The whole planet. Why do you think they've sought us out <laughs> but don't make themselves known? You know, there are other, you know, because we would try to kill them. They have probably sent emissaries over the year and seen, you know, who do you think delivered religious texts to, to us? The idea would be, we'll give them this shit, but stop killing each other. They'll be fine. It's a guide. How to be decent. You know, in addition to being outside of our imagining in form factor, height, weight, eyes, hands, fingers. There's a strong reality, a strong possibility that there are other civilizations that don't have conflict as part of their daily dealings. It is now 8.05. I have been up since 6.30 or 7 o'clock this morning. How many conflicts have I had and all of the stories, all the biblical stories, any any number of different religions, go back to the early Talmud, the Torah, they all have the same thing. We existed in a place where things were beautiful and easy and ample and we were provided for. And somehow we screwed up and we get sent from that place. And all that we're left with in this new place that we've been sent to, are these instructions, commandments, directives, and we're left? Gone. And they're two to six, they say, as, insofar as they've been able to tell. You think they're coming? They had hostile intent because of the fact that they got to us before we got to them. They clearly have enough to destroy us. So I'm going to have to assume that their intent is benevolent. And then they, then they bifurcate. They say, there are two things happening. Because one of these things is coming from the, the military-industrial complex. One is the foe, the fake extraterrestrial industry, which is being used to manipulate people and control them, fundamentally to, in the future, enslave them. This is the thing where I create this by, OK, here's a spaceship, and that spaceship says, Kill everybody named Dave. I don't know. The spaceship or the spaceship comes and goes, ah, it's Jesus returned from the grave. Kill everybody named Dave. That could be any one of the other two to six civilizations. But in general, what they gleaned based on that, they've been bringing us technology over time. Something I've suspected a long that people who talk about the graves will talk about that here among us the premise of that movie, uh, uh, They Live. If there's six, maybe there's one that represents what God has put out. Maybe there's another, you know, some what we would call in our limited way of understanding a demonic civilization. We're We're conflict and maybe we're some sort of weird hybrid. But the reality of it is a conflict-free existence. I mean, I've had very little interactions today with large numbers of human, and yet I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had conflicts. Whether it's driving, some you know, some guys trying to cut, you know, interpersonal, talking on the phone, trying to get a bill paid. It's, It's 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 it's. This is where we are. The ghetto of the galaxy planet Earth. I'm going to watch the rest of it tonight. I'll let you know next week. But whether it's the person who walks across the room to interject herself in a hostile way in a discussion I'm having with my sister, there is that demon seed. How many people this weekend killed other people And will wake up Monday morning in jail or not in jail and go, fuck, I wish I didn't do that. Clumsy, animal, savage, ill-informed, stupid, ungracious. But they're wonderful things that happen all the time. They're dwarfed by the small, mean, petty, savage, hurtful, unkind things that happen minute by fucking minute. My desire, my personal desire, is to talk this thing through, like I did with the woman who's trying to interject about fake holidays versus real holidays. That's why I became a fighter, because inevitably somebody has to yield to frustration at one of those points and and go from emotional content to anger, and we'll try to strike And don't tell me, don't tell me that this is crazy. Don't tell me that this is crazy. There are lots of crazy things happening. And we believe them all. Anyway, that's the end of the show. I got to shave, I got stuff to do. This is V6. V6 V61. Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Kind of went down a strange road here. Watch it before you laugh. It's not funny. It's existential. You might die and find yourself woken up in some other place. like, how was it? You just spent 82 years on the pleasure planet. How was it? It's a multiverse world. You might wake up somewhere else, somebody else. How was it? anyway v61 for those of you who care this is out tonight tomorrow you'll have care don't care Tuesday you have uh, if the shoes fit uh, if I did and if the shoes fit I'm your host S. rock we gone overtime Eugene S. Robinson go to patreon.com slash the stomper if you want to help out help out that's cool glad to have you otherwise until then look what you made me do